Hello, and welcome to 2024's Second Fellows Choice Podcast, where we will outline the highlights of February's issue of the International Journal of Gynecological Cancer. I'm Sabrina Piedimonte from the University of Montreal. And I'm Ilaria Capasso from Fondazione Policlinico Gemelli in Rome, Italy. The first article we will discuss is from Cucinella and colleagues from the Instituto Nazionale Tumori IRCCS Fondazione G. Pascali in Napoli, Italy, who present the study titled Prognostic Value of Isolated Tumor Cells in Sentinel Lymph Nodes in Low-Risk Endometrial Cancer, results from an international multi-institutional study. This study assessed the prognostic significance of isolated tumor cells less than or equal to 0.2 millimeters in sentinel lymph nodes of low-risk endometrial cancer patients without adjuvant treatment. Among 494 patients, there were 42 with isolated tumor cells and 452 that were node negative from global centers between 2013 and 2019. Outcomes included recurrence-free and overall survival. Sentinel lymph node isolated tumor cell patients exhibited worse recurrence-free and non-vaginal recurrence-free survival than node negative patients with significant risk factors being sentinel lymph node isolated tumor cells, lymphovascular space invasion, and FIGO grade 2 patients. These findings emphasize that the prognostic relevance of isolated tumor cells in sentinel lymph nodes for low-risk endometrial cancer patients can guide therapeutic decisions in the absence of adjuvant treatment. Pari Detal from Darmella, Department of Medical Genetics, Kasturba Medical College, Manipal, in Karnataka, in India, present the review titled Circulating Free DNA as a Diagnostic and Prognostic Marker for Cervical Cancer. Circulating cell-free DNA has emerged as a promising tool for liquid biopsy-based tests, showing utility in diagnosing, quantifying minimal residual disease, prognostication, and identifying resistant mutations in various cancers. Cervical cancer, the fourth most common cancer in women globally, is strongly linked to high-risk human papillomavirus, HPV, infections, with cervical cancer ranking as the second leading cause of cancer mortality in women, especially in regions lacking HPV vaccines and consistent screening. The review explores the potential of HPV circulating free DNA as a specific biomarker for cervical cancer detection. Numerous studies have investigated the use of HPV circulating free DNA, gene mutations and mRNA expression profiles for diagnosis and disease monitoring at different stages, supporting its potential role in cervical cancer diagnosis and treatment monitoring. Next, we discuss the paper from Kirana and colleagues from the Gynecologic Oncology and, um, and Reproductive Medicine Department from the University of Texas MD Anderson Cancer Center in Houston, United States. They present the study titled Impact of Pelvic Radiation Therapy in Patients with Early Neurocrine Cervical Carcinoma and No Residual Disease in the Radical Hysterectomy Specimen, a Nectar Study. This study aimed to assess the impact of adjuvant pelvic radiation therapy on recurrence rates and survival in patients with early-stage neuroendocrine cervical carcinoma who underwent prior conization or polypectomy followed by subsequent radical hysterectomy with no residual disease and negative lymph nodes found in the surgical pathology specimen. Among 27 eligible patients from the neuroendocrine cervical tumor registry, 26% received adjuvant radiation therapy. 
Recurrence rates were similar between the radiation and the no radiation groups, notably 14% versus 15%, with no significant difference in location of recurrence. The five-year disease-free and overall survival rates were 100% in the radiation group and 81% in the no radiation group. The study concludes that, for patients with no residual disease and negative lymph nodes, pelvic radiation therapy did not demonstrate improved survival outcomes. David Sedal from Department of Gynecology, Instituto Europeo di Oncologia in Milan, Italy, present the study Clinical Pathologic Characteristics of Multiple Classifier Endometrial Cancers, a Cohort Study and Systematic Review. This study investigates endometrial cancers displaying multiple molecular features, polymutations, mismatch repair protein deficiency, and P53 abnormality, termed as multiple classifiers. Analyzing a court from the European Institute of Oncology in Milan from April 2019 and December 2022, 11.4% of 422 patients exhibited multiple classifiers. Notably, polymutation P53 abnormal cases resembled polymutations, while mismatch repair deficient P53 abnormal showed intermediate characteristics between mismatch repair deficient and P53 abnormal. Recurrence rates varied among subtypes. TP53 sequencing identified additional cases with normal P53 immunostaining. The incidence of multiple classifiers in published studies uh, ranged from 1.8% to 9.8%, highlighting the impact of molecular classification methods, combining P53 immunochemistry and TP53 sequencing. This study sheds light on the diverse clinical pathological aspects of endometrial cancers with multiple classifiers. Barella et al. from the University of Torino in Torino, Italy, present the study titled Uterine Smooth Muscle Tumors, a Multicenter Retrospective Comparative Study of Clinical and Ultrasound Features. This retrospective multicenter study aimed to identify distinguishing features among different uterine smooth muscle tumors, including 50 leiomyosarcoma cases, 35 smooth muscle tumors of uncertain malignant potential, and 200 leiomyomas. Leiomyosarcomas were more prevalent in older, postmenopausal women, and they exhibited larger size, more cystic areas, and a higher prevalence of pelvic free fluid compared to leiomyomas. Smooth muscle tumors of uncertain malignant potential were characterized by specific ultrasound features and a higher frequency of um, FIGO type 6 or 7. Tumor outline and color scores differed among histological subtypes. Combining specific ultrasonographic features, age, menopausal status can aid in the preoperative assessment of uterine smooth muscle tumors for appropriate management. Basab et al. from Department of Gynecological Oncology and Reproductive Medicine in the University of Texas and the Anderson Cancer Center in Houston, Texas, USA, present the study titled Evaluation of a Tired Opioid Prescription Algorithm in the ERAS Pathway, Exploring Opportunities for Further Refinement. The study addresses the issue of opioid overprescription post-abdominal pelvic surgery and implemented a personalized tired discharge opioid protocol, along with education on opioid disposal to mitigate overprescription. Evaluation involved 558 patients undergoing gynecologic surgery, assessing post-discharge opioid use and patient adherence to disposal education. 
Despite the tired discharge opioid algorithm, 42.8% reported not using opioids post-discharge, while 74.9% were overprescribed. Age was a significant factor in overprescription. Additionally, 46.4% lacked knowledge on safe opioid disposal, indicating the need for refining the algorithm and enhancing disposal education to reduce overprescription and improve patients' awareness. The study highlights ongoing challenges in op optimizing opioids prescription and disposal practices. Cedillo and Al from AstraZeneca Pharmaceutical Spain present the study titled Cost-Effectiveness of Olaparib plus Bevacizumab versus Bevacizumab Monotherapy in the Maintenance of Patients with Homologous Recombination Deficiency Advanced Ovarian Cancer After Response to First-Line Platinum-Based Chemotherapy. This analysis assesses the cost-effectiveness of combining Olaparib with Bevacizumab compared to Bevacizumab alone for maintenance treatment in homologous recombination deficiency positive advanced ovarian cancer from the perspective of the Spanish national health system. The study employs a lifetime partition survival model with four health states, incorporating data from the Paola 1 trial. Olaparib plus Bevacizumab increased quality adjusted life years and, and life years by 2.3 and 2.77 respectively in an incremental cost of um, 58,295 um, euros. The resulting incremental cost-effective ratio is um, 24,371 euros per quality. Probabilistic sensitivity analysis indicates a high probability, 90.3% of cost effectiveness at a willingness to pay threshold of 60,000 euros per quality gained. The study concludes that for these patients in Spain, Olaparib plus Bevacizumab is a cost-effective maintenance therapy compared to Bevacizumab alone. Cappuccio et al. from Fondazione Policlinico Universitario Agostino Gemelli in Italy presented the study titled Low-Grade versus High-Grade Series Ovarian Cancer Comparison of Surgical Outcomes After second Secondary Cytoreductive Surgery. This retrospective study compares secondary cytoreductive surgery outcomes between patients with recurrent low-grade and high-grade series ovarian cancer. Propensity-matched analysis included 116 patients, 25% with low-grade, Low-grade cases had higher peritoneal involvement, specifically in the diaphragmatic, abdominal wall, and pelvic regions. Multiple bowel resections were more frequent in low-grade, while high-grade had a higher rate of nodal recurrences. Surgical complexity was higher in low-grade, with increased median estimated blood loss. However, complete cytoreduction rates were comparable, 89.7%, in low grade versus 96.6% in high grade, and postoperative complications showed no significant differences. The study suggests that secondary cytoreductive surgery in low grade series ovarian cancer, while more complex, is feasible in expert centers with outcomes similar to high grade cases. Chali Fitzal from the Ohio State University Comprehensive Cancer Center in Ohio, USA. Um, present the review titled The Microbiome and Gynecologic Cancer Cellular Mechanisms and Clinical Applications. The microbiome is crucial for human health with unique characteristics in various body regions like the gastrointestinal and female reproductive tract. 
Dysbiosis or microbial community alterations affects the host microbiota relationship and is linked to diseases including cancer. Recent research connects gut and reproductive tract microbiota to gynecologic cancers, showing specific bacteria's potential role in cancer development. Moreover, the microbiota influences the efficacy and toxicity of cancer therapies in women with gynecologic malignancies. This review highlights the dynamic nature of the microbiota altered by factors like diet, exercise, medications, and fecal microbiota transplantation. Understanding the microbiota's intricate relationship with gynecologic cancers offers innovative approaches for prevention and therapeutic modulation in the future. Angela Satal from Bar de Bron in Barcelona Hospital Campus, Barcelona in Spain, present the study titled Highlights from the 24th European Congress on Gynecological Oncology in Istanbul, an ENIGO IJC fellow compilation. In September 2023, during the European Society of Gynecological Oncology ESGO Congress that took place in Istanbul, Turkey, nine interviews were conducted with senior opinion leaders on important and controversial topics in the field of gynecological oncology presented at the meeting. This project was led by current and former editorial fellows of the International Journal of Gynecologic Cancer endorsed by the European Network of Young Gynecologic Oncologists, ENIGO. So we hope you enjoyed the podcast and hope to see you soon at March uh, Table of Content podcast.